welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Mike. Hey. And Ross. Hi, Tom. And Joey. Hello. So we were talking about flinching and punching and aggression, and we were just getting into aggression being characterized as a male. Or a masculine. Masculine. Thing, I think was the definition. Yes. So, but Tom, you had some more to say on that. You should listen to last week's episode first, but we're <laughs> talking about that type of play of like, Kids will like punch each other's shoulders over and over to, until someone says uncle or. And being exclusionary if. Right, that, that's a in, that's an in group out group test. If yeah. you know how to play the game, you know not to look at the finger circle. Yeah. You know not to flinch. Is how you test the in group out group status. Right, and in a way, it could be also considered teasing or. Um, yeah. Those types of things that sometimes don't feel so comfortable. Well, I I have this this quote from Brian Sutton Smith. Yeah. He's, he was probably, he was from New Zealand. He was considered one of the first to actually um, study exam, play. Study yeah. play. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says. Uh, and, and it has to do with the question, is there a dark side to this kind of play? Um, Brian Sutton Smith says, there's a purpose to these. And this is what he said. Children learn all the necessary arts of trickery, deception, harassment, and foul play that their teachers won't teach them, but are most important in successful human relationships, in marriage, in business, in war. Read that again. <laughs> and what is he referring to when he says this? Do you know what he's referring yeah, to? Yeah, the real, uh, the real kind of the dark side of, of the things we were talking about where somebody might get hurt, where you, you step over the bounds, teasing harassment, those kinds of things. So read it again, if you you would. Okay. Okay. Children learn all those necessary arts of trickery, deception, harassment, and foul play that their teachers won't teach them, but are most important in successful human relationships, in marriage, business, war. I would need more context for that to to digest, because... I would think you see. He's saying there's a purpose to to this kind of dark side of play. It's also a way to learn what the limits are. Mm. And some people have to really push the limits in terms of physicality with other kids or themselves. And if they're never given that, if they're never given that opportunity, because they're always being stopped by teachers. They, right. you know, this is not. See, we can't do that here. It's that's not interesting because right. I mean, then now I'm thinking about how I feel like this. Some of this kind of play can be kind of close to quasi hazing, you know. So those are people who never, who I would assume never did learn a limit. So what I guess I worry about with some of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm sound like I'm taking it all way too seriously. I realize, but like, if no one ever tells you, you can opt out. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean. So there's learning a limit, but there's also, I think, a message, and I, I think a message that happens more to boys uh, is, mm-hmm. you, you have to take it. This is how you have to. I mean, you you might right. talk about finding an alternate path, finding an alternate community that worked for you, and you're right. fortunate to do so. But you know, some children I think get the message that this is this is just the path you have to walk, and you just have to take it. And so then, who's who's learning a limit if yeah, if if someone involved doesn't know that they can that they can opt out? And I think that an adult has a responsibility to help a child to to sense when something is too much and to help that child opt out. I mean, sure, growing up, sure, I had yeah. kids, relational aggression, nasty, nasty girls, nasty, nasty girls doing nasty, nasty things to me. I didn't really have an adult at school 
tell me, just get the hell away from them. They're jerks. Mm-hmm. They, but you uh, don't want to be with them. Right, right. And, and I mean, whatever, lessons learned later in life. But, I, you know, I, I do kind of fault adults are not helping sure. and I do that think process. We do, I think we have a responsibility. But I don't think our responsibility is to stop everything that looks like teasing, harassment, um, or even the rough and tumble play that we talk about so much, where kids are actually, they really seem like they're going at it, mm-hmm. and we're we're just so afraid of where it's going to go, yeah. and we stop it right away. So how do you how do you think you decide when you do need to? How, what I, I don't disagree yeah. with you, but then how what is the? Well, let me let me give how you, some, you some more personal context. So I like to tease kids. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry. Some I I can come down on me for teasing the kids but, but and, did, and, so, and going a little too far. Like like fatty, you can't make it across that balance beam. Like what what do you? Yeah, give us a little more of a context. I think the listeners might need to know like before snap judgments are made. Like what is what what yeah, are, what's a example tease that you would with children? Uh, uh, okay, so um, with my grandchildren, um, uh, you know I've got this I got this darling little. Uh, 23 month old who's as verbal as all get out and, and I kind of like her to say no grandpa no grandpa because uh, because I'm doing something to her that she doesn't want me to do <laughs> evil <laughs> I, I, and, and so I get I, I get castigated for for pushing a little too far but in a way I think she's learning to be able to say this and then it's up to me to really Respect that. Respect that. But in the process, I see us building a relationship in which she's starting to ask for some of that teasing. Right, but she's always able to say when it's too much. No, Grandpa. And that's the thing that... Because the same thing, like tickling is a good example, I think, for kids this age or a Mm -hmm. little older. Grown-ups will often tickle kids. And they're sort of the, you know, no, stop. But... There has to be a line where you know, like, they're actually telling me to stop. And the hard thing is, a lot of times the word is the same, and it's the tone of voice you have to read. But that's an important skill. And I think maybe that's what it is, is we're learning different ways of communicating. Because kids Mm -hmm. should always have the right, well, people should always have the right to say stop Mm -hmm. or say no. And it's true that sometimes there's these games that... Or like the, yeah. the kid being chased who's running away going, no, stop. And as the teacher, I'm always like, do you do you really want them to stop? And sometimes they're like, yes. You know, you re- and I'm like, yeah. oh, well, then stop running. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and yeah. smiling. Yeah, you're you know. giving the visual, you're <laughs> you know, giving I mean, all the body language right. and saying, keep doing right. this. Keep and they're doing like this. actually terrified, you yes. know, the poor things. You know, and right. sometimes they, they, they are like, no, what are you talking about? But sorry, that, I cut you off, Ross. No, that was the point I was going to make as well. It was just that I think it's the stop it versus stop it. And I think it's the coaching. So my question back to you, Tom, was would you do the same with a student in your class? Mm-hmm. It's not just because it's your family member. It's that you know you would have that element of like... Yes. I did, I did it with kids in the class all the time. Okay. And then I would say, you know, if you don't like it, tell, tell me to stop. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you're I mean, always I'm, being clear. I'm being clear, but I'm, oh, I'm kind of pushing that envelope, you know, that, that first little punch. Mm-hmm. Or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> we better not call it. Let's, a be, punch. Clear, let's be clear. Tom was not punching children. No, I wasn't. Punching. So it was a metaphor. The, yeah, like you were. The, go back to the games of like. So you kind of were testing out that early version of 
right. kind of having it be a playful game, a back and forth. Right. It's not that and if they, unlike. If they gonna, and I'm reading them, and if they're not going to play the game, and they and I can see they don't like it, I want them to tell me that. Right. And I think that's for me. I think it's trickier in early childhood because of the lack of perspective taking or the emergent awareness of it creating opportunities where children know if you are running away and saying stop well then which you know, is it yeah help because help yeah. we run and that's a good shows, a teacher role is to yeah. teach them yeah. this is what you actually yeah. do but the, for the younger children they again they may not understand that it's a joke they may not understand that it's teasing or that i'm just playing a trick or that i'm just kind of so i think situationally individually you can uh, possibly work with that but i think that's where it just has to be that element of kind of do no harm i'm, I'm kind of working this out right now but that okay. sense of right for the seventh graders who are playing the slap game and the the flinch game they're at a much more mature level well mature might be a <laughs> Yeah, the, the, it's actually sort of complex. Is, well, yeah, I'll, give, complex. I'll give them there's some complex, yeah. complex. You can say that. It is. Mature, no, complex, yes. <laughs> yes. So, but for children, you know, it would be a different version of it. But I think there's the problem being that there may be that lack of perspective taking so that they don't understand. That it's a game to the other person right, or exactly. that kind of thing, yeah. Or that well, this person's playing a game with me. They're just joking around. I'm just keep thinking about that Sutton Smith quote, and I'll have to find like whatever chapter or whatever book. But. I don't dispute that we can never spare children from pain in life and from being excluded and from being teased. I'll agree with them as far as you got to kind of learn what that feels like and then you got to learn what to do about it because that's mm-hmm. just life. But I disagree that just because bad things exist, there's a reason. Like, he, I think he's just being a little too cute. Like, mm-hmm. oh, because play goes to this side, well, then it must be purpose-built. And I, I guess I just sort of, I disagree that, that there's a that there's a purpose for everything I, I, that I agree, too. I think way. that's where I was getting uncomfortable, too, because it's that thing of, it's not well... A very, I, I think it's a, a very provocative quote. Yeah. yeah. Especially mm-hmm. for people I mean, in it's, early it's, childhood. It's, it's overly like, reliant every... on the practice theory, that everything that happens in play is practice for something in life. And I guess I don't 100% ascribe to the, mm-hmm. to the practice theory... In right. play that everything is oh now you're gonna learn how to hunt because you blah 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 let, let, let me go back a little bit for just a second about in an early childhood classroom when you've got a really aggressive kind of child i think that child needs an outlet mm-hmm. i think that child needs an outlet and you want it to be a social outlet also because it's it's probably more important for that child than any other child and to just completely stop it to completely isolate that child and never let them practice how to be with other people. So I think right. what you're saying, Tom, and even is be it, powerful. That's not the, but right? also I just mean, to, even if they're going to fail, like they're going to do something yeah. and no one's going to like it, they they have to practice whether it's right. the things that don't work or the things that work. And if you just say, mm-hmm. oh, this child is so aggressive, I'll never let them interact with anybody. That's not the way to learn right. or, how to interact with anybody. Or the other thing you say is, that's bullying. And once you start calling it bullying... It's labeled, and then there's the, then the, then you're not even dealing with the behavior anymore because you've labeled it. Mm-hmm. I do wonder and wrestle with if bullying actually exists in early childhood, and that might be a whole other mm-hmm. episode yeah, yeah. topic yeah, because I, I argue that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would but say the same thing. Or yeah. is there just more room in early childhood for tolerating certain behaviors, and that you know we're not so into just saying, oh, this is exactly who mm-hmm. you are, you, you know, yeah. yeah. So right. maybe that'll be up for another, mm-hmm. for another mm-hmm. round. So thank yeah. you. Yeah.
Wow, that we went on for a while. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It was really we finished, but uh, no, but it was a a good uh, a good opening conversation. Yes, thanks, Tom. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.